Welcome and thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. Today's sermon is a continuation of our Grit and Grace sermon series. And it's also week two out of four where we take a closer look at Mary, the mother of Jesus. Here's First Pres Senior Pastor Dan Chun with the sermon, To Treasure and Ponder Things in Our Hearts. So it's Christmas in July. We are part... Uh of a series on women in the Bible, Grit and Grace. And this is part two on Mother Mary. And here's the context of today's story. Mary has given birth in a manger in Bethlehem. An angel appears to the shepherds in a field nearby. The glory of the Lord shines are all around them. The angel says, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And then a huge choir of angels appear, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And now we come to the conclusion of that episode. So please stand if you're able to see the next passage. This is more exciting than binging on Stranger Things on Netflix as I read it. So the shepherds hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day... When it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, And said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated. After reading that whole passage, 
I really just want to focus on one verse, 19. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. Many heard the shepherds come to her to tell her about the child and, and what the angels visiting her and telling her about the child. And it says she treasured and pondered all of these things in her heart. Our first question is, while Mary's heart was changed, were the shepherds' hearts changed? Yes, they were blown away seeing the angel and then the angel singing and they told people what they saw and the word the Bible used is that they were amazed by what they saw and heard, but were their hearts changed? Sometimes, isn't it true, people can see something supernatural, a miracle, or something that is exciting and, and maybe even at the moment they're praising God, but is their heart changed for the long haul? Mary's heart was changed, as we'll see throughout the Gospels. Sometimes we can hear a testimony of faith by someone, and we can be amazed, or we can hear an incredible solo and be touched, or we can be physically and emotionally or spiritually healed one day, and we can marvel, but are our hearts changed for the long haul? When miraculous things happen in our lives, when we witness them or experience them, I contend they do not have great lasting effect on our lives unless, unless we treasure and ponder what has happened. If we just move on to the next thing in life and not treasure and ponder just what just happened there, our hearts will not change. Such an interesting combination of words, isn't it? Treasured and pondered. So what do these words mean? In the New Testament, it's fascinating, these words are only used for Mary. In the Old Testament, just a few uh, mentions in Psalms and Proverbs and I think also in Isaiah. So what does first treasured mean? To treasure something means to see something of great worth and then normally we memorize that moment. To treasure something is not to forget about it, but we think about it again and again. Sometimes when someone writes us a nice card or letter, we treasure it and we put it in a drawer to think about it again. We want to remember it. Just two weeks ago, a friend called from the mainland. Um, I wrote a letter for his retirement party some time back. And he said he tells his wife that whenever he feels down, he pulls out my letter to him to read my words of affirmation again. He wants to remember them. He treasured my letter. When our dear Alice Yoder passed away, her daughter said they found a letter in a drawer, a letter of affirmation I wrote her years and years ago, and she kept it to read over and over again. Mary began the process of memorizing great events and great words. When God miraculously heals us, helps us, encourages us, we must begin the process of memorizing those events. Don't discount it. Don't forget it. Don't flip it off. Don't minimize it. Don't rationalize it. Treasure it. Marinate in the memory of it. I met two um, young moms um, after the first service, and they, they both had red roses that we do at Christmas Eve. They had their prayers were miraculously answered. 
And I said, oh my goodness. And they told me what they prayed for and uh, I could see the evidence in front of my eyes. And, and I said, so are you gonna turn in the roses? They said, no, we're gonna treasure it and keep the roses, we're not gonna give them in. That, that's not how it's supposed to work, but that's okay. That's, they wanted to treasure it. Last week I talked about all the events in my life that helped and mentored and led me to where I am today. And I had kind of memorized those events to remember what God had done at all those twists and turns. And so I believe Bad on us if we forget all of the good things God has done. Treasure them. Our faith shrivels when we forget. I do believe there's a great direct correlation between our remembering what God has done in our lives and the depth of our faith. And that's why the Israelites would often put up stones of remembrances, right? Big piles of rocks uh, to remember important things like when they crossed the river and God split the river in half. And I believe, actually, a lot of Christians fall away from the faith because they're either unaware of God's part in their lives or they have kind of a Alzheimer's when it comes to remembering what God has done. Mary, on the other hand, began to memorize all of the early events in her life. And she would list them. Angel came to tell her about she was going to give birth to the Christ. And angels came to the shepherds to tell them she was going to give birth. And a choir of angels appeared to them. Then the arrival of the shepherds at her home. Then the wise men come with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So, wow, a lot of events. Don't forget those. Those are like major. So that she would never have to say later, why me, Lord? So she would not despair when bad things happened. She would remember God. So within two years of that time, remember Herod would send soldiers to kill Jesus and maybe even Joseph and Mary who had tried to defend their child. So they had to flee for their lives from Bethlehem and go to Egypt. Memorize the good times, the times God helped or saved you, for they will help you in bad times. Treasure them in your heart. Second, ponder things in your heart when God acts. What does ponder mean? Again, this word in the New Testament is only applied to Mary. Ponder usually means to think through something over time, not quickly, but carefully ruminating over it, almost to talk with yourself about it a lot. Like, what happened there? Wow, how did that happen? What happened? Why happened? I know it's kind of different to have it placed in the Texas way, but it was to mean that Mary was not only to remember these things, but in a sense to converse with them over the years to come, discuss it maybe with friends, ask questions, what, what did that mean? Did it mean this or that? And oh, isn't God great? Think about it, meditate on it, interact with it, ponder it, treasure it. Jesus is actually the treasure in our lives. And the word of God is a treasure as it speaks of the treasure. And I would hope you could look back in your life and see events where God helped you or your family or your friends. And we need to memorize them with great affection um, and treasure them. And they're going to be handy when times are tough. When God blesses you, ask yourself some questions. What happened? Why did that happen? But more importantly, what does that tell me about the character of God? Does he want me to do something with this blessing? Now, I've told you the what of what does it mean to treasure and ponder. Now, how? How do we even be in a state of pondering and treasuring? How do we get into the practice of pondering, so to speak? Well, first of all, 
It means to just slow down. Uh, we must slow down enough to ponder and think about the events in our lives. If we live, live too fast, um, you miss out on what God is doing and, or even know that God is doing something in your life. And when we go too fast, we don't think straight. It's not helpful, but it's actually hurtful to our lives. So let me offer you a simple metaphor. I have in my hand a bug-anator. I love the bug-anator. It's the terminator of bugs, be they flies, mosquitoes, moths, bees in the home. When I see bugs, I say to them, I'll be back <laughs> and with my bug-anator. So with just two batteries in the handle, you, you hit this little button here, and an electric charge flows through the metal neck of the racket head. And when you swing at any bug and hit it, bzz, the shock kills the bug, fried in flight. I also pin flies and moths against windows and zap them. Mosquitoes, ha, it's mucky time, death. Now, my older son, who's in his 30s, once touched the metal strings to see how bad the shock was. He howled. It really was sore. Boom, it went down his arm, up, his, uh, up to his shoulder. Tremendous shock from just two batteries. But he told me, never, ever touch the strings when activated. It will send a painful charge through your body. And that was like a year ago he told me that. You can see where this is going. Two weeks ago, I was trying to fry a fly in flight, and the racket didn't seem to work. So I wondered, maybe I should put my finger on the racket head and hit the button to see if the batteries were still good. I rushed my decision. I should have pondered about what I was about to do and what my son told me. But moreover, when I rushed, I didn't think of the obvious. I mean, my, think about how ludicrous this is. My plan was to touch the racket head, hit the button, and if I felt a slight vibration, I would quickly pull my hand away. And the crazy thing I thought was, I'm faster than electricity. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens when you don't ponder. Stupid says, stupid, you know, does. So... I thought I would be faster than electricity. I mean, I thought Jesus was saying to me at that point, whatever thou doest, doest quickly. <laughs> but then I should have remembered, that's, those were his words to Judas at the Last Supper. So I had not pondered the circumstances. I mean, you know, you scientific nerds, electricity flows as fast as 1,860 miles per second. I decided without pondering, I'm faster than electricity. So I hit the button and put my finger in the racket and wham, I got this huge shot going up my arm, up my shoulder. I thought I was gonna have a heart attack. And it was a good thing I had my devotional time that day because I would have said something I should not have said because I feel these words forming in the back of my head coming up through my mouth. But the filter of faith, the grid of God stopped me before I said that. I should have pondered the warning of my son. I should have pondered the circumstances and the consequences of what I was going to do with the buganator. 
By the way, you can get this at CVS. People were asking me at the first service. $4.99 if you have a coupon. $8.99 regular. I don't know. So pondering means slow down. Listen to him. Rather than do what I want to do, we need to ponder what God has done in our lives and follow him. Now, how do we follow him? Now, there's a classic book um, by Henry and Richard Blackaby called Experiencing God, Knowing and Doing the Will of God. Any of you have read it? Classic. Classic. Great. Three of you. Okay. It's really a Bible study. It's a great book, right, Paul? Uh, One of the great themes of the book is to go where you see God is really active. Because if you go where God is not active, it will not be a very fruitful life. So the world, for example, may have a lot of service opportunities. You can find service opportunities anywhere. But one should always look for a ministry where God is really active because you want to flow in the spirit and you want to do what he wants done. You want to be in his adventure and that, you, that might be risky um, or even time consuming or scary or sacrificial, but you want to be involved in a community where you believe God is active. Lives are being changed and transformed. So if you, if you take time to slow down and ponder things and talk to God about life, we will see where he is active. And that means if you think about your occupation or, or where you want to live or where you, you, know, where you want to work or even retire, is God active there or else really it's a waste of time if God doesn't want something started or maintained or grown? There are many choices in life. So ponder them and think which one is really from and for God. Slow down. Look for God. Now, what are we looking for? Basically, the presence of God. We can get so busy and so stressed and so anxious that we miss out on recognizing the presence of God in our lives, that he's trying to help lead us. We won't be thankful and have constant gratitude unless we see and know the presence of God in our daily activities. We need to ponder in order to experience the full presence of God. We need, actually, the filling of the Holy Spirit. Pray for that. We won't get his encouragement when hard things happen unless we have his presence and even know that though he is, though it's hard, he wants us to keep going or maybe change direction or he wants to teach us something or maybe he wants to comfort us. But oftentimes, he just wants us to feel his love and that we are highly favored, as I said last week. There's a lot of static in life, and, and that's why we, we try to offer things like just show up, where you just get in a community and listen to scripture for 20 or 40 minutes at a time with others, and somehow the Holy Spirit is there, and we learn and think of things. It happens every Sunday at 9.30 here, and then later we're going to have a lot more, some in downtown coming up. So even as your pastor, I, I need constant help to focus on the presence of God. Uh, Not on his programs, but on his presence. So a couple years ago, I actually started seeing a spiritual director. He now lives on the mainland, so I call him now and then. And um, there are people in this community, by the way, who are trained spiritual directors. They're not therapists. So here's the difference between a therapist and a spiritual director. My spiritual director basically listens to me on what is happening in my life And he continually asks questions to help me ponder in my heart this critical question. 
Where is the presence of God? That's his main question as I review how things have been in the last month or so, the ups and downs and frustrations or fears. So where's the presence of God in your life right now? And whether you're a professional pastor, uh, a follower of Christ, we all need people in our lives to remind us or point us towards the presence of God. And we can get so busy and have a calendar so full of ministry or activities that we can miss out on knowing or even recognizing God's in our life. In January, we will have a series, a new series on the church's core values. And we're going to take probably, I don't know, a month or so, two months probably. And we're going to start off, the first one actually is for our core value that we're striving for, is the presence of God. We want that in our worship. Not production, not performance, but presence of God. Worship must never be entertainment, but rather lead us into the throne room, the presence of God. In all of our prayers and ministries for this church, we want presence. And whether it's with one person or a spiritual director or a mentor or a community of friends, we all need mentors. And at the end of our passage is kind of a evidence of that, a man named Simeon, remember, meets Joseph and Mary and Jesus. God told Simeon he would not die until he met the Messiah. And now Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus are in the temple. The Holy Spirit tells Simeon to bless this child that one day um, he will be a light uh, for revelation to all the Gentiles and uh, for glory to the people of Israel. Um, I love that verse because it said from the very beginning that Jesus was for us Gentiles, the non-Jews. So that's really cool. Even the Chinese got in there. (laughs) Later in the chapter, you have to read further, another prophet, an 84-year-old widow named Anna, met Joseph and Mary. And as soon as they walked in, she praised God and began to speak about this little child named Jesus who would redeem the world. So hear this. All of us, all of us, All of us need Simeon's and Anna's in our world. Let the shofars of your life declare that. We need community to help us know the presence of God in our lives because we have blind spots. And we need help to memorize what happens to remember those events. You can't be a lone ranger as a follower of Jesus if you want the presence of God in your life. So you you may ask, so Dan, why do you need a spiritual director? I mean, you're in the Bible all the time. You're in like full-time ministry. We all need people in our lives who can help us. Not that I'm as great as they, but did you ever think about it that as good as Tiger Woods is in golf or as Serena Williams is in tennis, they all have private coaches. Every award-winning athlete desires to be mentored. We all need coaches to take us to a deeper or a higher level. Who needs to treasure and ponder things? You do. I do. How can I do it? Slow down, read the Bible, be in community so that there's Simeons and Annas who can guide and encourage us. So you say, what can I do now? You say, I don't have a mentor. I don't have a time to go to spiritualdirectorshawaii.com. 
which is actually a real website if you want a spiritual director. Um, our own David Chang took some training also. So here's what you could do. And I'm going to repeat myself of what I shared about a year ago. To graft more of God into our lives, you might want to consider again, sometimes we have to hear it six times, as a help, the daily examine of St. Ignatius. Now, that's in your bulletin right now. Why don't you pull it out? Looks like what's on the screen. Color. I spent money on this for you. That's an extra five cents a copy or something. Or something. It's a great tool for pondering and treasuring. So let's look at it. Now, I have adapted St. Ignatius's daily examine for the daily examine of your life um, using his same points, but I'm, I made it uh, an acronym using action verbs. I thought that would be more helpful. It's hard to exist in this world without spiritual disciplines, right? Hard to diet or exercise without discipline. So it's an acronym of the word graph to give us a strategy of how to um, be in a better spiritual state. And Ideally, when St. Ignatius designed this, it was supposed to be midday, you would go over this, and at night before you go to bed. So let me walk through it. I'll just give some examples cause, so it won't be so esoteric for some of you. G, action verb, give thanks. Every day, in midday or at night, I, I choose nighttime, think of all the things that happen that you can give thanks for. Actually, it's supposed to be midday and night, but I tried to do one of them. Now, that is part of treasuring because if you can remember the things to give thanks for and memorize the significant things, your faith will grow and you will see more and more of the presence of God as you just tick all these things. R stands for review. Review each hour of the day and look for the presence of God. Uh, to be honest, if you were just to do the first two steps on a daily basis, you would be so full of power and God's presence. Seriously, just the first two. So giving thanks and reviewing events every hour. Just think about what did I do at 8? What did I do at 9? What did I do at who did I meet? What did I do? So as an example, just so you get this, if I were to pick a day, let's say last Thursday when I was kind of writing this, or, um, and I would walk it through, it would be like 7 a.m., um, I'm walking my dogs. Thank you, God, for my two dogs. I love my dogs. Um, and, and thank you for the mainland friends, because when I walk the dogs, I, I put in my earbuds and I start calling people of the mainland because of the time difference. So thank you for my friends. 8 a.m., thank you for my coffee I made with Pete's coffee. I love Pete's coffee. And I'm drinking it made out of a Nespresso machine, God's great creation, Nespresso. You may use Keurig, that's fine, but Nespresso, okay. 11 o'clock, I have my allergy shot. Thank you, God, for my allergy shots. Without my monthly allergy shots, I would have greater difficulty breathing and being with you. Grateful, Lord, also for modern medicine. 1 p.m., thank you for my niece who came by, surprised me with a cake. How great is that? I love my niece, Lon Lon. Later in the day, thank you for the old reruns of Cheers on Netflix. <laughs> and all the millennials are going, what's Cheers? Um, and um, fun script, you know, nighttime, thank you for Stranger Things. Law and Order, UK. Dinner time, thank you, Lord, for spaghetti. I love spaghetti. So you just review the day, hour by hour. That's not that too hard, but you start getting the practice of never taking anything for granted, that we live in a modern place, we have modern medicine, we have cars, we have washing machines. You know, when we wash clothes, we don't take it to the river and get it on the board and hang it up, right? When we say we wash the clothes, we push the button, 
so hard. A lot of teenagers don't do it. I don't know what's so hard about that. What's up? So, A is apologize. Um, confession's good for the soul. I wish that was a sacrament. That wish we didn't give that up. You know, the Catholics still have that. There are toxic poisons in our soul that can only come out if we apologize. Confess to God that we did something wrong. Um, and can you imagine, you're going through every hour and hour and go, oh man, did I say something wrong to that person? That was so bad. And then the next one, you, you flesh it out. F stands for forgive. Forgive someone or receive forgiveness from God um, or from someone. So here's, here's, here are the guts of the matter. Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew, in the sixth chapter, in the 14th and 15th verse, there's not gonna be a slide up, so I'm gonna just tell you. Jesus says this. First part we think is pretty good. If you forgive others when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Wow, that's like cool. The second part. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Oh, man. That's a bummer. And you may say, why didn't anyone tell me this? I just did, too bad, you know. <laughs> Unforgiveness is toxic. That's why we have to kind of cleanse ourselves, flush it out of our souls, and go through this daily regimen, because that builds up over time. It's like spiritual plaque, arterial sclerosis or something. So, and if we can't receive forgiveness from the Lord, that's not healthy either. So we better get in the daily spiritual examine uh, that examines our lives and puts forgiveness in our life. T stands for turn to God's grace. At the very end, who does God want me to be? Who is he creating me to be? And we need his grace and forgiveness. His grace unlocks us and frees us to be who God wants us to be. So we can do better. We can forgive. We can serve. We can be generous. We can actually have the fruit of his Holy Spirit that he offers us. You remember the list in Galatians 5? Um, Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and faithfulness and gentleness, self-control, the fruits of the Spirit that he offers to all of us. Now, most of the time, I actually feel those things and I hopefully live that way in the fruit. And it's real. Um, the filling of the Holy Spirit is real if you ask for it. Now, I, I just mentioned that, not to say like I'm ta dan ta and being proud about that, but what I'm saying is God doesn't give us these lists like it's, it's a 20-foot pole vault or something that we can't do. He's giving something that we can't all do and have. He's not saying, hey, here's a list if you follow me and here's the Holy Spirit. And you go, ah, but you'll never be loving or you'll never be, have peace and you'll never have joy. He's giving us the list of how we, could, we normally can live. Now, when we turn to God in the end, the last part of the exam, it, it reminds us that God is not finished with us yet. There's grace. And who does he want us to be? That's, that's the killer question. Who does he really want us to be? We can have a high calling. Someone last week said to you all, you are highly favored. So, oh, that was me. So, <laughs> so let's practice um, to listen to what God is doing. When we realize God's presence, we come to an amazing conclusion that he is holy. His Holy Spirit can live in us, Really? And he plans great things for our lives because you're highly favored. So I want to end this service again like last week.
with the Song of Mary. Enjoy Yoshida, come on up, and Jason and the band. Joy will sing the verses, but whenever the chorus is sung, please sing out. We're actually going to start with the chorus. If you remember it from last week, just start singing out. And then she'll sing the verses, and then chorus again, come back in and sing. And I'm going to pray that something will happen supernaturally as we're singing it, that the loving Holy Spirit will visit us in a special way as we sing. And you're going to feel the presence of Jesus, the presence of God. And I pray that you're going to ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So you, just as I'm doing now with my hands, it's just gonna, I just do it. That you might want to just sit there, maybe close your eyes, and as we're singing this song, just kind of with hands open, just receive the love and the presence of God. And then maybe if you feel comfortable when we get to the chorus at times, in a way of honoring God, you just may say, holy, holy is his name. But you might just want to sit there with your eyes closed and receive it. You can still sing with your eyes closed. And um, so, so come, let us hear and sing this song. And may the presence of God, come Holy Spirit, fall upon us. Again, I invite you, if some of you are thinking, you know, I would just love to pray with someone to fully receive the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit, uh, our prayer team will be in front of the cross and in front of the choir uh, risers, and they would love to pray with you uh, for that reason or for any other reason. Maybe it's a healing of some kind that you not or have or a concern you have. But after the last song, please come forward uh, for that. And for all of you, I have a blessing, so please stand and receive this benediction. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and his countenance be upon you. And may you know deep in your heart the wonderful love and presence of God the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And may he give you peace in your going out and in your coming in and in your lying down and your rising up and in your labor and in your leisure and your laughter and in your tears. May you know the Lord is always present with you. In Christ's name, amen. We can all use a little slowing down. Seems like we live life in the fast lane a little too much. Let's take a cue from Mary, treasure and ponder, so we can be more like Jesus. If you'd like to hear this sermon again, you can listen to and download this and other sermons from the First Prez website, fpchawaii.org. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us at one of our worship services on campus at 45550 Ole Road, Kaneohe, Hawaii, 96744. We meet Sunday mornings at 8, 930, and 1111. Follow First Prez on Twitter and Facebook. Download the new First Prez app. Watch First Prez sermon videos on our website and on Facebook. And if you need more, call us at 808-532-1111. For Pastor Dan Chan and the entire staff at First Prez, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you and thank you for listening. Copyright 2019 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu at Ko'olau.